0: Well, so he spoiled the, the surprise. Nathan's sick. <laughs> I'm Chris Kellum. I'm one of the elders here. And, um, yeah, Nathan's out sick today. So I just asked him, y'all don't get up and leave. Don't, <laughs> y'all don't peace out yet. Uh, and then he, um, we just, man, we want to pray for him. We want to pray for him. But there are, y'all, I don't even know. There's so many people that are struggling right now with, with, man, with illnesses, and, or just just all kinds of things, and burdens, as we're going to talk about today, and, you know, we are called as a body to pray for them, yeah. right, to lift them up, to, to come together and, 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 and carry each other's burdens, and we see it in the Word. So I want to ask you, if you, if you have your Bible, it's also going to be up on the screen, um, Let's read this today. Galatians six is what we're going to be. One through five is what we're going to be, be talking about today. Now, now, just I think we're in like week thirteen or fourteen. We've been doing this for a long time, and uh, today's today's passage is one that I, I got to tell you. When I found out about this a couple days ago, um, I've been just kind of, as God would say, just meditating on His Word. And it has hit me, y'all, with like a ton of bricks. So let's read it together. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves. Or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one, of, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own own load. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So, growing up, my mom had this... Had this uh, she would always say these crazy things to me, you know, and I, to all of us. And I, it didn't make sense half the time. But she would, she would say, you're playing with fire. I was like, no, not playing with fire or flirting with disaster. I'm like, who says that? But she would say this all the time, all the time, all the time. And finally, you know, as a grown man several years ago, my, my brother Kevin and I were, were fishing, and my family has a, has a gravel pit up in Lexington. And so growing up, we always knew that where they separate the gravel from the, from the dirt, the dirt goes into one, into a, they fill up a big, a big pond, if you will, and it, it ultimately fills up with water, or, or somehow it ends up like eight feet deep, and the perfect place for fishing. The only thing is, where it's not—it's not compact like you would, you know, like a normal ground or whatever. So, always knew, hey, don't get close, you know, be cool, don't get too close to the water's edge because there's quicksand, and it was literally quicksand. And I remember as a kid, man, I would always want to go, you know, and just, you know, get a little bit closer and a little bit closer. In fact. My own son did something like this to me one time when I was when I met our new neighbor about a weekend, and he said, "I said, Reed, don't go in the street." And he he got up to where the you know the the, the driveway and the and the uh, street start, and he just went and stuck his finger over there in the street. You know, and I was like, okay. But anyway, so I'm, my brother and I are fishing. It's all cool, right? And I'm man, we are. I'm wearing them out, and all of a sudden, y'all ever see like it's just. This big fish was just out of reach, and I was casting as hard as I could, but it was about two feet. I I did everything I could, so what'd I do? A little bit closer, cast, nope. A little bit closer, cast, nope, this far. He's doing all that, and I'm like, okay, all right, I see you. I see you, big fella. And I took one more step, and (laughs) I sunk up to here. And before then, I got to say, I I felt like it was kind of like a wives' tale. You know, I was like, you know, I never, well, at 30-something, I sunk completely up to here. And my brother's laughing, right? But then here went to here. And I kept struggling. I was like, golly. And so then here. Went to here, and I was like, "Kevin, dude, go get the rope, man!" (laughs) And he was walking, and now he looks back. You know, it's I'm significantly shorter than I was. Thank you. He goes, gets the four wheeler, gets a rope, throws it to me, pulls me, pulls me out. Let me ask you something though. What do you think I was hearing in my head? You flirting with disaster? You playing with fire? I was just like, "Come on!" I could hear Mom just a million times over in my head. And in fact, my grandmom had something similar. She would do whenever she really needed me to, like, really needed me to, to, to get it. She would grab my face and get right here. And you know, I hate to say this, rest in peace, Lord. But her, yeah, she kind of that coffee breath thing going. <laughs> and as a kid, that was, you know, she'd be right here, and she would say. Just whatever. In fact, one time I, I did something stupid in college and ended up having to have surgery on my wrist. And um, it was really early in the morning, I should say, when I, when I did what I was, did, was stupid. And so the, seven, the surgery was at 7 a.m., right? called mom and dad at like 6.45 and was like, did something stupid last night, having surgery at 10. You know, just thought y'all may want to know. And mom, of course, gets my grandmom, runs up to Oxford. I woke up, and I just kind of looked, and I felt those hands, (laughs) y'all, on my face with my hand up in a, you know, like this. And she was like, I just can't believe you fell off that balcony. (laughs) You know, there's things that get caught out sometimes. It's not fun, is it? But it's necessary. It's necessary, and as much as I hated, as much as I hated that, as much as I hated hearing it, at 50, I'm still thinking about it, right? As much as I, as much as I, I couldn't stand it, it kept me on the right path, right? In fact, if I'm looking back in life, I don't know if, if, if this is what it's like for you guys, but I wish somebody had called me out more times. I got, a, I got a friend of mine named Bill and I, I did something stupid again one time and, but it wasn't anything, that I mean it wasn't terrible but it bothered him, right? He called me out on it. And you know, it, it wasn't terrible but it was a defining moment in my life that that guy had the guts to call me out because I'll be honest, I... I thought back over all these times after that and I was like, man, how many times have I not called my friends out? Right? And call out may be kind of a, I don't know, maybe a strong word, but I addressed what I like to call the elephant in the room. Right? I addressed the uncomfortableness. Or he addressed it. And because of because of him doing that. It, it was a literally a life changing moment for me. Do y'all have any moments like that? Let me ask you this: Do we call others out lovingly the way that the way that I've been called out before? Now I can tell you I've done it the wrong way. I have a twin brother. Everything's his fault, right? <laughs> From day one, it's all his fault. He always got us in trouble. Everything was his fault. And I would always call him out on stuff. The wrong way. Right? I've seen my kids do that a couple of trillion times. I watched a hilarious video. <laughs> my, one, of my, one of my struggles is um, epic fails on YouTube. Anybody ever watch any of those? Yeah. But I saw this little kid. He was like, Three years old, and he had poured something all over the floor. And he also had a twin brother. And the father was like, Who did it? Knowing that this little kid had done it. Well, he went and rat his little <laughs> brother out, you know. And I was like, Golly, that's not necessary. and of course I've been, you know, I was thinking about I just saw this last night. And I was thinking about today's sermon. I was like, that's not exactly what Paul's talking about. But Maybe think about it. That little kid, like even at such a young age, and like, what's it low? Like? What if we could instill in our children this? To have the strength, have the courage to take that step. Because you know what? That step was modeled to us all throughout scripture. It's what Jesus did. And it's what he did. And I'm so grateful for that. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but, like, I'm so thankful that he modeled the, the little things that I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. And then it's like, well, Jesus, he modeled the way, and we're called to model hymns. Hmm. What's it mean to lovingly call somebody out? So if you look at, if, let's look at verse 1. Oh, well, actually... Hold on, let me back up. In scripture, I, 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 love, King, I love King David. I love King David, right? And, and the fact that David was so like jacked up, right? He all he did all these crazy things to, that just seemed to get him in trouble. And I related to that as a non-believer because see, I always felt like I was on the outside. Right, I always felt like, Ugh. but then I'm like, well, wait a minute. There's this dude over here that I mean, he he's always he's doing stupid stuff just like me. And then his son, not only was was he a man after God's own heart, according to the Lord, right? Like Psalm. Psalm 19, 13 is one of my favorite. Lord, forgive me for my willful sins. May they not rule over me. Like, that's what David was praying. And so David's son, Solomon, who was the wisest, right? The wisest dude on earth. The, the, um, he was loaded. He had, he had everything. And I love when he's talking to us. And, and he's like, listen, listen. And Ecclesiastes, he's like, hey, hey. And, it's, and I, I really think about this as a man. He's like, y'all, look, look, man, I've I been there. I've done all that. I've had all that, right? But then there's some scriptures here that some things that he said that, man, they really, really speak to what we're going to talk about today. And it's Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. He said in Proverbs 14.12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end... is the way to death. Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14. Where there's no guidance, a people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. Proverbs 28, 13. Who, he who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. But look what Jesus said in John 8. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, there's something powerful about, it, about Solomon's words. Something powerful about the words of Jesus. They were so far apart in time. But it's truth. It's truth. And when I look at this first verse, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. I want to tell you, I'm a, I, the, first, the first three words, brothers and sisters, I love that because he's talking to He's talking to us. He's talking to believers. But that word, that that also translates like to a group. So it could be a group of believers. So in school, what is that for your friend group? Right? If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. When it says caught right there, it's a, it's a, um, it's, it's, it translates to like have fallen into sin, right? So it's like, I think of it like this, like, you know, no crack addict ever set out to be a crack addict, right? It was the first baby step, the second baby step, the third baby step. I see that in my own life and all of these different, these different struggles that I have, that we see that, I'm I know we do. And ourselves one step it's just a step away it can be whatever whatever sin that that looks like but if someone is caught <clears throat> I had a friend of mine years ago that he um he had an affair and i remember him telling me he he was bawling one day and he said man you know what I never set out to have an affair. This dude loves the Lord, right? He knows, he can quote this book front and back. He said it started with this, with that baby step. And you see, here's, here's the problem with that, though. Most of us, his buddies, we knew when it first started. We didn't say anything about it. But then it got to where it was... It had gone too far. And then he tells me, man, I think the Lord did this. I think the Lord, this this girl is awesome. It had to come from the Lord. I'm like, bro? For real? See, these baby steps. It's, it's this... The single, the little bitty steps. That's what he's talking about. You know, if you fall and you find yourself, man, you just you just took a wrong, a wrong move, and next thing you know, there's consequences for it, right? But but what, what one of the things that I'm I'm so grateful for here at Bellwether, as as a uh, as an elder, is that we 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 do our best to model this, and we meet you know we meet each week. But then we also have individual groups, you know, that we get together, we call each other out, you know, or we confess any sins that we're dealing with that week, you know? And (laughs) that's intense, man. But it's also freeing. Isn't that interesting how that works? There's been conversations in our elder meetings where nobody ever wants to talk about these things, right? Right? I certainly don't want to talk about it, but I'll tell you what, I sure feel different after I do when someone can call me out and I know it's done in love. It's, it's powerful, but it's exactly what Jesus said, right, because the truth will set you free. <clears throat> and just a little side note, the, you know, the someone we're talking about, the you talking about the, you know, in a group or the believers, like, it's not the dude walking down the street, all right? Like, the random person, you're like, man, what's that guy doing? Oh, I'm sorry, that must just be me. Yeah. I saw y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, uh, all right, so look, so check, check this out. When it says, someone caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So live by the Spirit, right? So, so one of the things about, about our Christian walk that I love is, is the, um, it's, it's the sanctification. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's, it's growing in Christ. Uh, I mean, you know, when, I, when, it, when we're first, when we first accept Christ, Right? It's a whole lot harder to stop doing certain things than it is later years down the road. Because I don't know about you, but, but right now, the way that I was living when, when I accepted Christ, I can't even imagine who that, I, I can't comprehend that person anymore and it's because it's because of how christ has grown me over the years it's i I say it's kind of like lifting weights right you you keep lifting weights over time over time over time right and you, you see a development happen well it's the same in our christian walk and so when he says those who live by the spirit he's talking about going like being willing to 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 go and to be to allow the those that have are further along the wisdom of those men or women that are following the Lord, allow like that's who's supposed to to lovingly call you out right but that's hard, man, and it, and, and it's really hard in our personal lives, but it's also hard in the church because the, often the things we literally don't want to do and we don't want we don't want to do it because of fear because it's awkward it's awkward isn't it i mean like to sit there and say hey man you know like bro you gotta tighten up <laughs> like that just feels like it can feel like you're judging someone it can feel it can be hard it can be hard in it and 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 we 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 find ourselves not practicing it as much as we should. But see, the 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 word there when it says restore them gently, that verb, the word, I can't even say the word. It's like cattle something. But it's to restore gently, right? It's an instructive verb. We are to restore, not ignore it. We can't ignore it. Show me one place in Scripture where Jesus ignored it. He, he, he doesn't. He, he, he doesn't. I love, I love this, you know, when Jesus was at the, the well, the, the story of the woman at the well, and he just, man, he just, he, he called her out. It rocked her world change your life. Go all through the word and you'll see lives are changed because of a willingness to push past our uncomfortableness and model what Jesus did. But it's, it also means when it, we got to do it in a spirit of humility. In, in fact, when it's referencing that, that word, it's referencing um, a fruit of the spirit, which we literally just talked about Last week, fruit of the Spirit, humility. Because we are called to help others deal and step out of their sin. We're also called, get this, to allow others to help us confront our sin, deal with our sin, and restore us from that. I mean the whole God is about restoration. That's who he is. And I don't, I'm so fired up about that. Like y'all, he's about restoration. And as someone who at one time didn't feel like I was even worthy of being restored, that is unbelievable news. It's unbelievable news. And you know why? Because some people were willing to say some things to me that I didn't want to hear. I didn't But the truth is, check this out. The words, it wasn't the words that were said to me when I accepted Christ. It was the look in the person's eyes that was delivering the words. Man. We have people outside of these walls that we're called to go minister to. We're called to share the gospel with them. One of the ways that we do that here in this body is to grow in Christ by allowing ourselves to be held accountable to this. And I asked myself, I said, you know, I kept asking myself over the last couple of days. I was like, okay, why? Why? I'm a weirdo when it comes to why. I always want to know why. And, you know, I learned that when I was young. Mom kept telling me that over and over and over again. But why? And it's, it, it came down to this. Why? Because Jesus got involved in my life. Jesus got involved in your life. And then it says, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. You see, we're called to be aware of our own weaknesses. We're called to be aware of our own weaknesses, of our own temptations. But there's an interesting fact that I read about this week, or actually several months ago, that was put out in a study at Harvard, and it's that 95% of people, get this, 95% of people believe they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% of them actually are. 95% of everybody believe that they are self-aware. They know that, man, I, I'm aware of what my temptations are. I'm aware of my weaknesses. I'm aware of my strengths. I'm aware. We all think that, right? Right? But research literally proves that ten to fifteen percent of us are. That's what do we do if we're not aware? How do you get aware? How do you get aware? I love. I, I, I say this. We have to understand. It's the, I call it the Psalm One Thirty Nine life, right? Psalm 139, God says, hey, man, it says, look, God knit you together in your mother's womb, right? And then he goes on to say that your days are ordained. Okay, so, so, so the thing that trips me out about that so much is this. My grandmom, like, when she wasn't grabbing my face and, like, telling me things that I don't need to be doing, she was knitting, right? And when she would sit there, and it's one of my most precious memories, she would sit there all the time with these long sticks, and make these Afkins or I guess that's how you do that, blankets, right? And she would sit there, and then she would, she would go, and she would go, and then I'd see her stop, and then she would have to mess around with it. Out of, for one little of whatever that thing is that she did, it wouldn't be right. And she would go back and make it perfect. And whenever I think about Psalm 139 and I think about God saying, hey, hey, yo, hey, hey, look, I like, man, I knit you together. I think about the details of that. But then I go on to think about, man, there was a time where I thought I wasn't worthy. Where there was a time I thought, man, there's no way. Like, I don't matter. I'm not, I'm not one of them I can't be one of them. But the truth is, I was knit together. There's nothing about me. There's nothing about you. That isn't exactly how God wants it. And those things that we're growing in were meant to grow like this. Exactly what Paul is saying. And if he knit you together... And he ordained your days. There's nothing about you that's an accident. Think about that. It means every single day. Every day. So how do we watch ourselves and make sure that we're not tempted? I'll tell you how I do it. And I fail at this literally daily, but I tell you what I do. I kid around people that want to do the same thing. I kid around some people that are willing to call me out. There was a time I hated that. I'm still not a big fan, but if it comes from a place that I know is in love, hey, I'm in. (laughs) And as much Turmoil as that has caused in my life because I didn't I didn't like it, man. I'm so grateful for it. You see, the next verse two. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, Paul is painting a picture here of a. Of, of someone that, like, imagine someone with a backpack that has a load on their shoulders and they're just sagging from it, right? It's just a burden. And it's like, oh, there it is. He's painting a picture of that. And see, our focus is to be on others. We're to carry their burdens. We're to help them carry their burdens. And we do it by not focusing on ourselves But by focusing on them You know but pride can stop us from that And when I say us Me Because I'll be honest man I've practiced this before I mean I do everything I can to practice it now Right but if I'm honest, I've sat there before and I've gone, <laughs> I'm glad I don't do that. It's just, in, it's just in my, it's just here. And I don't say it out loud. So well, I did now, but it's not something I'm proud of. You do the same thing I do. And see, that's not modeling Jesus. It's not what he did. He restored And you know that little check in your in your gut that you get, you know, that little check in your spirit. That's how I know. You ever say in, in those things? You ever think things like, well, I'm, "I'm I'm 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 better than you." I mean, nobody here's going to go, uh huh,
1: <laughs> but we know,
0: right? Well, I mean, or more important, and see, it's not it's it's not. Oh, I'm glad that's not me. It's in love, I'm doing for you because Jesus did for me. I'm doing for you because Jesus did for me. You know, right now, every one of us, we can think about what it is, the areas in our lives That we want somebody to step up and call us out on. Every one of us. We may not like it, but we know we need it. What's that area? What does that look like for you? Jesus was talking to Peter. in, uh, In John 13, 34 and 35. And he's actually talking about fulfilling the law of Christ. And this is what he says. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. There's a lot of times to throw out the word love in a... In such a couple of short sentences, right? You know, especially the kind of love Jesus was talking about. The unconditional love. You know, we don't even have a word to describe the kind of love that he was talking about. You know, our act of love Is to do what we're called to do. And 3, three through 5 says, If anyone thinks there's something where they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each should carry their own load. Now look, that, that 5 is like, Wait, hold on, wait, a, what, hold up, What do you mean, carry my own load? You just said carry, somebody else supposed to carry my load. Right. What what is what referencing there? We have a, we have a, our load is the judgment seat of the Lord. We're all going to be. I mean, God, He anointed our days. What are we doing with that gift? Is what we're going to have to answer. What did we do with it? And I tell you when I read this and I realize, man, we got to examine ourselves before we examine others. Let me, let me ask you. What's that look like? When we examine ourselves. So, when we take this right here and we examine ourselves in this, where do we need to grow? Where do we need to grow? Because he said that to Peter, right? And Peter was jacked up. In fact, all the disciples were jacked up. That's something. That's another. That's a whole another reason I was ended up going. Okay, yeah, this Jesus thing kind of works for me. I'm down with it, right? Because these dudes, they were, they weren't like who I thought they were. They were a bunch of guys that just had problems that struggled. But he used those to change the whole world. And check out what Peter said. Peter. Peter wrote this. And, and look, you got to remember, when they wrote these things, it wasn't like today. You can post whatever you want today. You, you'd have thrown this up on Instagram or Facebook back in the day. You were done, you were killed. They'll take you out, put you in prison, ain't you know? it? But this is what he said. We didn't follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty. Let me break that down real quick. I was there, y'all. Hey, guess what? I was there. Like, I saw it myself. What else do you need to know? I saw it. And here's what's so crazy, man. Here's what's so crazy about Peter's life. I can see him. I can see him writing that. You know why? Because a few weeks after he denied Christ, he was healing people, healing people. But we sit there and we're like, oh, man, dude, if I could just be good enough for you, God, if I could stop doing this, if I could stop doing this, if I could stop doing this, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But when I'm good enough, I'll come. And that's like, Peter's like, dude, what are you talking about? There ain't no such thing. There's no such thing. You're good enough because of him. And Peter's like, we're there. We saw it. You look through all the scriptures and you see Peter, man, you talk about doing some crazy stuff. He did and said things that I know Jesus. In fact, I preached on this last summer or whenever it was before Nathan came. And he was like, Jesus was, I mean, what, Peter, for real, you say that, what, what? You've been with me three years and you're going to say that, you know? And I'm like, man, holy cow. That is me. Does that lessen God's love for me? Because here's something. Here's an interesting fact for everyone, all of us to know, and then we're done. God has never loved you more than he does right now. But some of us don't feel worthy of that. But that, doesn't, that has nothing to do with how we feel. Our feelings have nothing to do with the fact that you cannot run from him. Can't. And sometimes we need to be called out. And it's being called out that'll turn us and help us grow so that we can then help others. So let me ask you, what does that look like in your life? What do you need to identify? What do you need to confess? I don't know about you, but I love what Solomon's dad said. Forgive me for my willful sins. May they not rule over me. God, I know you told me not to do it, but I did it anyway. Who do you know that is waiting for you to step out of your comfort zone and model Jesus to them. What friends do you have that are struggling? Who's taking the baby steps? Who is it? I know you know somebody. Might even be us. Might be you. I got called out about a month ago, by somebody. And I'm so grateful for it. But see, that's what Jesus does when we model his way. Restoration. Father, we thank you for today. Your grace, your goodness, your love, and your word, God, your word that directs us and guides us. God, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that, that as the song said, you, you literally, you gave your son as the sacrifice so that, so that we could be good enough for you. God, I know right now there's some of us that are, that are struggling, Lord, and we're, we're carrying these burdens, and we need you to send the people to us. Lord, have them step out of our comfort zone, out of their comfort zone. So that you can become ours. You can become our comfort zone. In Jesus name, Amen.